You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 23. Guys, today we are diving into emotional purity and promiscuity and what that actually means. I've gotten a lot of questions from you guys asking about emotional purity because it is something that you don't really hear about nowadays. I'm using my first book, The Palace Keepers, which is all about the purity of the heart as a guideline for a new summer series all about purity. And today we are talking about the definition of emotional purity and promiscuity. I also share my thoughts on the phrase, I am enough, and why that is scripturally wrong and why I feel that way and how if we are to pursue purity, we cannot have an entitled mindset by using phrases like I am enough. This is all about a process to purity. We are not pure now. We will only be enough when we get to heaven. But until then, this is all a process. So I think you guys will like this a lot because I really do think these are conversations that we should be having as a church, as a body of Christ, as believers in the Lord. And as the world mocks purity and as the world mocks morality, we need to be the opposite. We need to be the contrast and we need to be having these conversations that the church seems to be forgetting about. So let's get right into it. This is episode number 23 that I am calling Emotional Purity and Promiscuity. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? It's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. Do you have a Christian business or brand that you want to advertise on the podcast? Let's work together. I would love to help you out. This summer I have a special sale going on that for only $10, you can get an ad on two episodes of the Hello Awesome podcast. That's right, for only 10 bucks, you can get me talking about your amazing business or brand on the Hello Awesome podcast for two episodes this summer. I have some amazing content coming up and I have some awesome interviews. So if you had an ad spot in one of the episodes, you're guaranteed to get traffic and love from listeners. For more information, just email me at helloawesomeshop at gmail.com. Or if you're on Instagram, just send me a DM at helloawesomeministries and we'll chat more. You are listening to the second episode of our purity series. And before we jump into the conversation about emotional purity and promiscuity, we will have a quick Q&A. I've asked you guys on Instagram to send me any purity, love, or relationship questions, not because I think I'm Dr. Phil or anything, but because I've been through some things and maybe it can help somebody else. So the first question says, how can I learn to not get so caught up in my idea of who I should be with and trust God? So good and so important. I'm glad you felt brave enough to ask this because it is super common. So first, don't feel like you're the only one struggling with this. It's totally okay to think about who you're going to end up with. It's normal and it's okay. 
But where we trip up is we give it more attention than we probably should. What I mean by that is it is very important and we should give it the attention that it deserves. But at the same time, we shouldn't allow it to overwhelm us and to overpower our thoughts. And that's where I think we usually end up, right? So I encourage you, first off, to create a list of what you'd like for your future spouse to have as traits or things that are important to you. Seriously, write a list, doesn't matter how big or how small. Pray over it and then set it in your journal or your Bible. Put it aside. Whenever you feel anxious or obsessive about the subject, remind yourself that God knows what you need and is working on it. Now that doesn't mean everything you wrote down will come to pass, but the action of writing something down and putting it away mentally helps you get past it so you are not consumed so much. Also, go back and listen to episode 21, Appointed Love, because there are many principles you can apply there. Remember, God knows what you are feeling and the only way you're going to learn to trust him is by giving him more time quietly to speak to you. So increase your study time on this topic and create a rhythm of devotion that amplifies your dependency on the Lord. All right, I wish there was a better answer for you. I wish there was a black and white answer I can give you about this, but the only way for you to stop being obsessive or for this thought to stop being consuming to you is by writing it down, trying to put it aside so that that will help you mentally keep journaling, keep reading the Bible, keep praying, keep pursuing the Lord and asking him to be your only God and keeping him at the center. That is really the only way is if you actually practice what you're taught and you put it into action because that way it becomes yours. It's not just a message that you hear that makes you feel good. It's actually something that is part of your life. Does that make sense? Next up, somebody asked me this. I have a conference for eight to 12 year olds coming up. Thoughts on how to approach this for them. So I had a similar question last time referring to speaking to girls under the age of 10. And honestly, I'm going to just mirror what I said right now. At the age of 8 to 12, it's super important to highlight their worth in Jesus today. In this moment, if I were teaching them, I would go over the definition of purity, that it's not only a physical protection, but an emotional and spiritual one. I would show them scriptures on how God sees inside of our hearts and that he needs to be our number one before anyone else. Explain the purpose of why we believe what we do why boundaries matter, and why no one can satisfy like Jesus. At that age, they need things explained and not so vague, but to keep it age appropriate. And remember that we, at the end of the day, are not the parents. So we are examples and we are mentors, and we need to pray about the lines that we shouldn't cross. And we need to remind ourselves of the most important thing, and that really is strengthening their love of his word, prayer life and dedication. I hope that helped and good luck to you in the conference. I will be praying over it and I hope that the Lord will make himself known in a real way to these girls and I really hope that they in turn will have open hearts and open minds to receive what he has for them. Guys, if you have any purity, love, or relationship questions, just send them my way. Email me at helloawesomeshop at gmail.com or DM me at Ministries on Instagram. Like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not a super expert on these things, but I've been through some stuff, so maybe I can help you out. And honestly, like I always say about the podcast, these are conversations. So we need to just bring these subjects up, start talking about them so that we can deal with them the way God wants us to deal with them. And hopefully we will feel like we're not alone because we're not.
And that is something so beautiful right there. So guys, let's get back into the podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am so glad that you are tuning in. This episode is the second of a series I'm doing this summer centered around purity, which is a topic that surrounds my first book called The Palace Keepers. So I'll be using that book as a guideline for this series. The last solo show was entitled Appointed Love, where we talked about how God can create someone for us and how in his timing, he will bring us together. Today, I wanted to dive deeper into emotional purity and promiscuity. I've had a lot of questions about this, so this is something that we need to talk about right now. This is a personal topic for me, and I believe it's a super important one we need to discuss more as a church. Okay, so when I used to hear the word purity, I immediately thought of something physical. Have you done that too? But here's the thing. Purity is cleanliness within our heart, mind, and body. Purity is defining love by God's terms and not our own. Purity is giving ourselves boundaries even after the wedding, even when we are single and waiting, even when we are older and our children have grown up and gone. Purity knows no age because purity is more than something of a physical nature. I said last time we chatted about this, that where we fought as a church is we give our young people this long list of do's and don'ts without explanation. And we assume, we assume they should just know how to protect their hearts from impure desires. We assume they should know how to protect their minds from impure thoughts. We assume when they're outside of the church doors that they will make choices that will please God and we forget that they're humans. We're all humans and everybody needs to be taught. We can't do something we've never been taught, right? We can't just learn without having a conversation. And so my prayer is that these podcast episodes will spark dialogue because we as a body of Christ haven't been talking much about purity, if at all. We haven't been getting to the root of some issues because we see people leaving the church or people staying here but are having inappropriate relations with others and we call those situations out without calling out emotional purity. Because here's the thing, any physical or sexual sin traces back to sin within the heart first. Our body reacts to the way our minds and hearts think. So church, we need to do better And I'm praying these lessons will provoke us to have these conversations the church seems to be forgetting about. Emotional purity is the clean state of your emotional health. When we follow the Lord's instructions from his word and allow our emotions to be subject to his leading, we are on our way to becoming emotionally pure. That constant struggle can happen daily. And that's where I think a lot of us get tripped up. We want a divine intervention that will erase how we feel about something, especially if we are reacting in a negative way. But that's not how it works. Purity is a process. And when it comes to matters of the heart, we must be diligent daily in correcting that. Over time, we will develop better habits that will help make the process a bit easier. But we have to let go of the idea of perfectionism. We will never be perfect until we go to heaven and we will be like him. I'm going to pause for a moment to share a thought that is not in the palace keepers, but it's a mindset we need to stop having in order to become pure in Christ. Please do me a favor and stop telling me that I'm enough. 
I literally get sick to my stomach when I hear fellow Christians preaching you are enough to our young people because no amount of self-love is going to get you to heaven. And that's Bible. The false doctrine of I'm enough forces my eyes off of Jesus, the only one who can be enough. As someone who struggled with perfectionism and has been delivered from that toxic attitude and mindset, we don't understand how dangerous the you are enough message is to our future generations. Jesus didn't die for me to be enough. He died so he can be known. It is all about Jesus, not me and not you. Before he died, he was always enough, but now we have an opportunity to have a relationship with him through his sacrifice. That is grace. That is mercy. That didn't happen so I could puff up my chest and tell myself that I'm complete now. I am not complete now, and neither are you, because that's what enough means. Complete. The work is done, and you're good to go. But if that were so, why are we still instructed to repent and seek forgiveness? Because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when we hear you are enough, is that phrase consistent with the word of God? No, it isn't. And the fuzzy feelings and butterflies it gives us isn't endorsed by the Lord. We will not be lacking if we don't adopt this message of being enough. Because when we proclaim, Lord, I'm a hot mess of a broken human, but you can do all things and you, Jesus, are enough. Then I am freed from trying to finalize my worth with this cute viral saying, I am not enough and you are not enough. And we have to get to the point where we are okay with that, that we are okay with never being enough never being super perfect in this world as long as we are alive, and that the process of purity includes becoming better little by little every day. Where is our value? What system are we using to measure our worth? In a proclamation that we don't even have to change because his blood covers us? It does cover us, but not just for our past sin or the sins we'll commit in the future, but the sins of the entire world. So we can't be enough if we need his blood to purify us. When we are finished with this life and move into the next, he will make us perfect then. But until then, this is training. The world likes to tell us, you can stop pursuing something else outside of yourself. When Jesus is saying, pick up your cross and follow me. Why follow him if we are enough? If you lay things down, he'll give you something better. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, because only he is truly enough, and I'm okay with that. We have to start being okay with not sharing glory with God. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. 1 John 4, 4 states, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I believe that you are loved and beautiful and strong. I am not trying to dull your shine, but purity is a process. And that shine that you do have doesn't come from within your own strength because honestly, girl, there's not enough glitter in Michael's or Hobby Lobby to create it yourself. Whatever makes you special comes from a creator who wants to make you better than you could ever imagine. So no, sorry, not sorry. I refuse to settle at the lower level thinking that I'm enough because it makes my heart feel good. When I know that bowing down to him, he lifts up the humble higher than our imaginations. Jesus is the only one who is perfect. 
He's the only one who is pure. He is the only one that can be enough. We cannot be entitled to use that title. You want to know what's scarier than hell for me? Living an entire life on earth without growth, wrapped up in a lie that blinds me from seeing who Jesus has revealed himself to be. That's way more scarier to me than an eternity in hell. Not growing is hell on earth. With Jesus, we have an opportunity to be enough when we get to heaven, but not now. Now we are in the process of being purified, and sometimes that's going to hurt. And we have to start being okay with that, because he has a plan to make us better than who we are. Paul said, I die daily because he got it. True growth is not proclaiming to be complete now, but that this is a process. Listen, I know saying this will probably shake a few branches and ruffle some feathers, and I'm prepared to endure whatever backlash comes from it, because it's the truth. We want to feel validated, relevant, important. Sweet friend, I don't mean to say this as an insult. I don't mean to degrade you or decrease your value as a child of God who is loved with deep, amazing grace. You are absolutely loved beyond measure. There is no one that loves you more than the Lord. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, crafted with a reason and a purpose. He has sculpted precious plans for you, and being in His hands is the only place to truly feel full. Yet, we need to be careful. There is a danger in thinking that just because we are favored, then we are delivered. Without raw repentance, without turning away from real sin, without doing our part. But James 2.17 says, Faith without works is dead, and while works alone cannot save, it doesn't mean there is nothing we have to do. He sets the path, but we must walk it. So no, I will not say that I am enough. I know this saying is flying through social media faster than wildfire, but my knowledge about who God is won't let me allow myself to even speak those words because it's not true. Not when he has defined who he is through his word. The very definition of enough makes it very clear. Enough means plenty or sufficient. If I say I'm enough, I am saying that I am sufficient, that I am already pure in my heart and motives and that there is no more room for growth, that I have exhausted all of my resources and I am exactly where I need to be in spiritual maturity. Oh, how untrue that is for sure. Maybe you have used this saying and you have your own reasons. I personally just can't bring myself to utter it because even though the Lord has brought me very far, he is not done with me yet. I cannot say I'm enough if I'm still a work in progress. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 God clearly says over and over again that he is the one who is enough. It is his grace, his love, that is full and whole, that is plenty and sufficient. Not me, and not you. When I research the scriptures, it doesn't talk about how enough I am. It doesn't validate my walk with Christ. In fact, it only shows me that I am a constant sinner in need of a Savior. 
that I am not enough, but Jesus is, and that is enough for me. At least it should be, right? For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2.9 It is the Lord Jesus Christ that is enough. Yes, we are his children, but we are not complete yet. In order to be used by God, we have to adopt what John 3.30 says. He must increase and I must decrease. This is not saying I don't have value. God absolutely died for us, but it was because of his selfless love. It was because he was enough to endure the cross. It was because it not only was enough back then, but it is absolutely fully enough right now. I need to be okay with not being enough because that's how God works through me. The Lord says in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. If I'm a Christian, I must be his reflection. However, I need to be careful and remember that I am still only human. I am not enough. Yes, I have come from the ashes. Yes, I do believe I have been redeemed and saved, but I also believe that repentance is a daily gift that needs to be exercised by putting God on the throne in the palace of my heart. In Matthew 9, 12 and 13, the Pharisees scoffed at Jesus who was having fellowship with the publicans and sinners. And he replies, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. These thoughts about being enough are not in my book, The Palace Keepers, but I wanted to share them with you because I see the relevance when I'm talking about purity. We can't think we are enough and pure and okay. We are not. And just because we are not sexually promiscuous or physically impure in our actions, Jesus looks at the state of our heart and we must do the same. Emotional promiscuity is when we don't place boundaries on our emotions and we allow them to run wild, attaching to other people fairly quickly and passionately. These affections compete for God's attention and takes our eyes off of the one who can truly fulfill our every need. The word promiscuous is used in the world as something of a sexual nature. I've heard it used to describe somebody who was provocative and had no boundaries for their physical expression sexually. But promiscuous is the lacking of standards of selection, casual and random, not only in the physical, but also in the emotional. And this is an issue all over the church today. When we don't have safeguards on our heart, especially when interacting with each other, we are not selective in who we give pieces of our hearts to. We lack standards for ourselves and are indiscriminate. One example of this is having romantic feelings for multiple people at the same time. I'm pretty sure we all know someone or we have done this where we have had emotional feelings for multiple people of the opposite gender and we become confused. Our hearts quickly attach to others and we are left vulnerable to impure motives. When we give pieces of our hearts away, we will never get them back. We can get caught up in the moment, but our hearts can go astray from where God wants us to be. Not guarding our hearts and just giving pieces away can lead to giving away our bodies. This is how sexual sin happens. I know. 
Our hearts weaken first and our bodies follow. The root of staying physically pure is purity of the heart. That's the message when I speak about emotional purity and promiscuity. Being a palace keeper, what I refer to in my book, is keeping the commitment to purify the promiscuity by guarding our minds, influences, decisions, hearts, and bodies. You may not have crossed physical lines, but if your heart has emotionally, you are not okay. It is not okay. And we have to start talking more about this as a church. When our hearts attach to people, we're allowing them to control us. There is a danger when we give pieces of our hearts away and allowing others to control our emotions. There is a constant longing for satisfaction and acceptance. God didn't create our hearts to be dependent solely on each other. We are not made to complete each other, just like we are not made to be complete within our own selves. God is our solid rock and sure foundation. When we attach our hearts to Jesus first, we become more stable and have the ability to make better decisions in our lives. And I will give them an heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Jeremiah 24, 7. Scripture says God has given us a heart to know him. This heart we have has been given to us with an initial purpose, one that gets blurred during our daily interactions with other people. We must ask the Lord to show us the truth about our heart and its impure state, that we may recognize the need for purity in Him so that we can begin the process of becoming better. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. If we are told by doctors and scientists that our physical heart needs to be in good shape for a better life, our spiritual heart needs to be taken care of as well. For example, we know certain foods can create blocked arteries and increase our chances of a heart attack, right? So why do we think we can just ignore what we feed our spiritual heart? When we find ourselves in compromising situations, having a heart that is emotionally devoted to God will prove to be the best resource for making the right decisions. But if our heart is unhealthy and unstable, it is weak in defending itself and the physical part of us will become weak as well. Does that make sense? Having a weak spiritual heart could mean we have a weak spiritual God conscience. The more we invest in our spiritual heart into God and follow the great physician's prescription, the stronger our spirit becomes. I hope this gives you a new perspective on emotional purity and why it's important. In the next solo show, we will be talking more about our self-worth and the importance of having a palace fit for the king. I'm so excited to talk more about the topic of purity with you. It's very near and dear to my heart. Don't forget to take a screenshot and share this episode on Instagram, tagging Hello Awesome Ministries if you've enjoyed it. Also, be sure to tune in next week for a brand new interview. I'll be sharing my conversation with the lovely Chloe Saucer Fergie, creator of Sea Saucy, a business ministry who specializes in modest scrub skirts for women who want to dress classier in the medical field. Chloe shares how she knew she was called into nursing and encourages us to follow God-given dreams. It's going to be amazing, so make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, and if you have been loving it, leave a positive review on iTunes to share the love. 
Don't forget to DM me a screenshot on Instagram at Hello Awesome Ministries because showing me the review, I can actually bless you with an incentive. It's a free digital copy of my latest book, The Glitter Effect, as a thank you for being super awesome. Until next time, sweet friend, enjoy your week and we will chat again soon. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? Tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries. It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to HelloAwesomeMinistries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.